Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Word on the Street. It's great to be back in the host chair, standing in for Sarah, and joined again by Will for the final discussion of the year. So turning to investment markets, there was very little respite for investors in the latter part of December, and all too familiar themes continue to weigh on investors' appetite to take on risk. So we have reports of COVID infections surging somewhat alarmingly in China, and incoming economic data continue to provide some pretty mixed messages on the outlook for the global economy. So, Will, it's a quick one today as we're keen to let our listeners get on with their much-needed holidays. Um, I guess a good place to start, though, is China, uh, the ongoing challenges to manage the reopening of the second largest global economy. Uh, So what's the latest there? Hello, Phil. Uh, Hello, everybody. I hope Christmas is delivered and I hope New Year's going to deliver for you. It's lovely to have you back, Phil, after all this time. Um, But yes, this was, you know, China was something we spoke on, uh, spoke of increasingly towards the end of the year on the podcast and wrote about. Remember, the pod, uh, the, the, the economy was, you know, already very precariously perched, in our opinion, the deliberate popping of a truly, you know, giant property bubble, making for a very rough ride all around. And and remember also, zero COVID should not be seen as some kind of uh, autocrat's vanity project. This policy was a function of several kind of factors, you know, really, you know, very tough policy choices, trade-offs in a way. Uh, You know, you have very low um, existing hospital capacity relative to other more developed nations. I think ICU capacity is around uh, a tenth of Germany, say. And um, an early decision by policymakers to focus on vaccination of working age population versus the elderly and more vulnerable. Now, this combined with the, the actual success of zero COVID and preventing outbreaks has left large chunks of immuno uh, naivety amongst China's um, citizens. Now, that's now, in the eyes of some, being demonstrated by, you know, signs that infections are, you know, really surging alarmingly. Now, the concern here, obviously, you know, the primary concern has to be of a, you know, major public health disaster. And like I say, this all comes, you know, for investors in amongst signs to, you know, signs to worry about in both commercial and residential property sectors. You're finding vacancy rates increase and so on. It's even in some of the sort of the hot sectors. You know, so China's policymakers have as complicated set a, a set of policy trade-offs to negotiate as any country um, in the months ahead, you might say. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the usual question is, what are we doing about some of these investor concerns in our multi-asset class funds and portfolios that we're running on behalf of our, our clients? Yeah, Phil, I mean, that's always the important question. And as you know, we continue to hold a bit less emerging market equities than usual. That is part, it is some, in some part down to uh, the situation described above. However, it's also a function of the coming expected global slowdown, uh, maybe recession. We think markets are still underpricing that potential a little bit and emerging market equities tend to wear such global slowdowns uh, a little worse than their developed peers. Remember also, China has huge challenges in the path ahead. However, much of that potential strain may already price, may already be priced. Not all of it, in our opinion. Uh, that's why we have the position, but at least some. And China still has enough 
uh, for investors to potentially get excited about medium term. Uh, for those interested, there is a there's a, a I think a really interesting paper called "The Rise of China's Technological Power: The Perspective from Frontier Technologies" uh, by some French um, academics that looks at the number of quality number and quality of patent applications in certain technologies, from blockchain to um, to gene editing to and you know additive manufacturing and so on, um, and they find growing often surging influence um, from China. So there's plenty of sort of medium-term carrots uh, in all of this for the patient and well-diversified investors. So, you know, it's still worth having some exposure to China, in our opinion, but just tactically, in the short term, we hold a bit less than we usually would in deference to some of those concerns. uh, And what we see is sort of, you know, uh, an important part of the outlook for 2023, which is still a little bit underappreciated by investors, in our opinion. Good to know. Now, I know we don't tend to focus on individual company names too much on the podcast, but one notable struggler in December was Tesla. And we know that's obviously followed uh, by lots of investors globally. Um, But it is, you know, although we don't mention individual companies too often, it is still quite an important part of US equity indices. So maybe a few comments or thoughts there, Will. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to point out that this, this, you know, nothing we talk about here can constitute a recommendation. We're trying to provide, in a way, color on our current, the contours of our current holdings for clients and how they might evolve. Uh, So it should be seen in that context rather than any kind of recommendation to buy, sell Tesla or anything in between. But yes, stock pickers have found this a difficult one to categorize in terms of sectors in some ways. I would point those, anyone looking for a more authoritative take um, on this stock to Aswath uh, Damodaran. He's a professor, very famous professor of finance at Stern School of Business in New York Uni. Um, he's the acknowledged kind of god of stock valuation. Um, and he actually on his website, on his blog, uh, you can actually access, he, you can download a model for Tesla and then you can play around with some of the component parts all for free. Um, and uh, a component input. So things like sort of medium term growth expectations, profitability, those kind of things. And it's quite fun if you are into that kind of thing, which I guess you should never admit to in public. However, certainly there have been some very interesting concerns surrounding a variety of concerns hitting the short to medium term growth expectations. So one, you know, that's kind of doing arounds on social media at the moment is this idea that, you know, if you correlate Tesla's customers, uh, you find quite a democratic leaning geographies, or they seem to come from quite democrat leaning leaning geographies. And you juxtapose that with Elon Musk's more strident tone on Twitter. Uh, some are arguing that may be jarring, and that's worrying some people about the future of the two companies together, or, or at least having a combined leadership. However, there's there's a bit more beyond that from China from, from the company's China exposure to the likely cyclicality of Tesla demand going into a a, a downturn, all of those kind of things. Uh, for me, uh, you know, the predictable sort of outcome or the sort of, you know, the predictable lesson from all of this is diversification. However much you believe in an individual brand, a corporate story, that has to be tempered by the unknowable nature um, of the future. Now, for our part, across our multi-asset class funds and portfolio, portfolios. The holding tends to be uh, what would be called neutral or slightly underweight relative to the benchmark. So we hold a bit less. Uh, we either hold roughly in line with the benchmark in Tesla or a bit less in our best thinking uh, funds and portfolios, but there is some exposure. Um, but that's broadly uh, the context. But like I say, I would go to Damodoran's website. It's a great blog anyway, for those interested in stock valuation and how to do it. And uh, it's got some very interesting, he's got some very interesting thoughts on Tesla and its outlook.
Fantastic. Thanks, Will. And finally, let's just finish off with what you and the team are looking at more broadly as we go into 2023. Yeah, I mean, China is the big story at the moment, uh, as as we talked about at the top of the top of the top of the podcast, Phil. But I mean, I think the big story, the big questions are still roughly the same with regards to, you know, globally diversified investors, which is, you know, how quickly, if at all, is US inflation going to fall? The feeling is it should fall quite sharply this year, measured incoming inflation. But to where and where, you know, there are some concerns that it might fall some way from the sort of, you know, the lofty levels it's at right now. But it could be a bit stickier at an uncomfortably high level for central bankers. So not quite at the 2% target. Uh, and what does that mean for, you know, where interest rates go and so on? That's Those are still the kind of big foreseeable stories um, of this year and really trying to work out what is going to be the economic price for last year's surging interest rates from you know from central bankers and uh, uh, and wider bond markets there will be an economic price to pay but the debate is whether it's going to be a global recession or something you know something a bit lighter than that uh, can the world escape without a recession there are all sorts of moving parts you know as just this last 10 minutes would would, would imply there is a lot going on uh, and with each remember i think one of the sort of Things that you should think about with regards to your expectations for 2023 and how you think about reading other people's outlooks is remember that inflation remains a very unpredictable foe in terms of where it heads month to month. We haven't shown much ability, this is not just Barclays, but more broadly uh, to forecast it. And think of all the knock-on effects that uh, a different path of inflation to that that's imagined might have for monetary policy, for all sorts of knock-on effects downstream. So just remember, temper your confidence, have a range of expectations when you're thinking about uh, the future. And yeah, just uh, stay diversified. That's That remains, stay invested and stay inver- diversified. That remains the call. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for sharing your thoughts today, as always, and clearly lots to look out for as we head into the new year and the months ahead. Thank you also to our listeners for joining us today and uh, much of this year as well. We'll be back with the first edition of Word on the Street 2023 for you next week. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.